Welcome to the All Dogs Are Good Dog podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Dick from Pack Leader Health, and today we're going to be making sense of dog behavior and dog training for the everyday dog person. Welcome back to another episode of the All Dogs Are Good Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Dick, and today we're going to be talking about the overexcited dog. There is a lot of behavioral problems that fall under the overexcited dog umbrella, so I'm going to be breaking down what I'm going to include today, which is dogs who jump, dogs who pull on the leash, dogs who nip, dogs who resource guard, dogs who react because they're excited, dogs who have just a really tough time settling down due to excitement. So when I say an overexcited dog, it's not just a puppy who hasn't really learned the ins and outs of the world yet or is still doing some puppy nipping or some puppy biting. Also, when I'm referring to a puppy, I'm thinking, you know, a dog who's four months and younger. Not that puppies, you know, can't be a little bit older, but jumping and nipping, all of that stuff can really be handled prior to the dog hitting five months of age. I get a lot of questions about Uh, how do I get my dog to stop jumping on people? My dog just won't settle down when people come in the house. My dog reacts on the walk, but he, it's just because he wants to say hi to his friends. Or um, my dog will get really mouthy when we start playing, or they will get, they will jump and get mouthy. Or my dog plays a little bit too rough with other dogs because they're just too intense. They're a little bit too excited. I want to make sure everyone understands that excitement does not equal happiness for dogs. It doesn't inherently equal happiness. Excitement basically means, um, you know, intensity or adrenaline. It can mean happiness, but it doesn't automatically mean happiness. So when people are like, well, my dog's tail is wagging, it's because they're happy. Or um, they're just, they're panting really hard, their body is wiggling, their tail is wagging. They assume that the dog is happy and that excitement is good. And that's just not true. Excitement is the precursor to every bad behavior imaginable. Whether that's fear or aggression or reactivity or separation anxiety or um, resource guarding, excitement really is the root of all evil in a lot of ways. But that doesn't mean our dogs can never be excited. It just means we need to learn how to control that excitement. We need to differentiate where it's appropriate to get excited and allow excitement and then where it's really important to teach our dogs not to be so excited. So I'm just going to take a moment here. I got a bunch of questions on my Instagram about how to deal with excitement. I Let's start with your dog just being overall an excitable dog. I'll get a message where it's like, my dog's super sweet, but they jump on people when they come in the house and they pull on the leash and I can't get them to settle when they're in a new place. You first have to teach your dog a pattern because dogs recognize patterns. That's how they understand the world to be. That's how they perceive the world through specific patterns or instructions or habits, if you will, whatever you want to label that. Most of the time when you have a dog who's excitable, you've conditioned them to be that way. You Just by allowing your dog to be excited, you're in agreement with that. Whatever you allow, you're in agreement with, it becomes self-rewarding behavior, meaning you don't have to reinforce that with food or or, um, affection or words or of affection per se. That behavior is just self-reinforced. So we really have to understand you are like, well, we make him sit before we go outside or, you know, we make him sit down before he eats, but he, he just eats so excitedly. 
you really need to focus on your dog's state of mind, not necessarily their physical position. So if we want our dogs to be better behaved, if you never taught your dog a single verbal command for the rest of its life, I promise you, you can still have a well-behaved dog. Because if you just condition your dog to understand that the only way they get what they want is when they're relaxed and when they're calm, they're going to understand that pattern in every situation. I don't get food unless I'm calm. I don't get let out of the crate unless I'm calm. I don't get the leash on until I'm calm. I don't get to move forward on a walk unless I'm calm. Because moving forward, movement forward towards something that the dog wants is a reward. So if you've let your dog greet other people and other dogs when they're pulling on the leash and they're excited, you've rewarded it. If you've let your dog pull on the walk towards a smell or a scent that they want, you've rewarded that. If you've given your dog food and let them eat in a really excited state, you've rewarded that. So in order to get your dog to not be the overexcited dog, you need to break down all of your daily interactions with your dog and get them to understand this whole routine of you wiggling and you being excited is not what's going to get you what you want. And that is can be a very painstaking process because you really need to take inventory of every single do every single thing you do with your dog every single day. Um, sitting will not make a dog calm. Dogs, if they are more relaxed, they might go into a sit into a down, but that's not what I'm looking for. It's hard through podcast form to really explain what this looks like, but I am not doing a single thing with my pet dog, my personal dog, unless their body's not moving, unless they're not wiggling around, they're not whining, their tail isn't wagging. I'm looking for relaxation. Now, there's certain times where I might ask for a little bit more, meaning uh, once in a while, if I put a leash on my own personal dog, her tail will wag a little bit. I'll put the leash on and then I'll wait another minute or two until she settles down some more and then I take her outside. But the simple way to really address this overexcited dog who uh, jumps on people, who is nipping people, who is uh, counter surfing, who can't settle down in new environments is through conditioning them to understand that calmness is what gets them what they want. You can't let your dog rush through every threshold and gorge food down through a quote slow feeder and let your dogs jump on you and guests and then try and tell them, well, don't be excited. Most of the time when I'm dealing with a dog who is overexcited, they're under a year old and the owner let every single person pet this dog, go up to it, give it tons of affection. They let their dog pull them up to other dogs to, quote, greet them and say hello. That all needs to change now. You can't allow your dog to pull and be pushy and excited and condition them to think that's how they get to that dog and then be upset when that's exactly what they practice every single day on and off leash. And this is where, again, you're going to go back to that inventory, which is where do I actually reinforce calmness with my dog? Do I think I'm reinforcing calmness with my dog when I tell them to sit and wait before I feed them at night? Am I rewarding calmness and giving them affection and food when they actually are calmed down on their dog bed? Where are you actually reinforcing relaxation and good behavior with your dog? Rather than getting your dog super hyped up, oh, do you want to go for a walk? Um, Letting them rush through the elevator, the front door, the back door, the crate door. A lot of these dogs aren't even crated, um, so there's not a lot of structure in the house. All of those things, we will always go back to this in this podcast, your structure in the home and how you live with your dog and what you do with them every single day. The really small things add up to bigger behaviors. It's never my dog jumps on people. 
It is, I conditioned my dog to think that by pulling me to a human, they were going to get affection. So they associate new humans with affection, which is exciting. That's why your dog is jumping on people. So number one, you need to have people come in and practice ignoring your dog. Uh, Vinny says, ignore my dog. Uh, Cesar Milan says, no touch, no talk, no eye contact. All of those are true. They need to wait until the dog's totally calmed down. And then your job is to keep your dog leashed and correct them for jumping. Reward them when they're relaxed, correct them for jumping. That is the bottom line. Correction can look like moving into a dog's space. It can uh, look like using a leash to guide them away. Um, it could look like your guest just moving into them uh, or using their knee if it's like a really big dog, not kneeing your dog. You do not need to shove your knee into a dog's chest to get them to stop jumping. Um, you can use uh, a squirt bottle. You can use a verbal no, but for most jumping dogs, that's not going to be very effective. So a physical correction is probably necessary. Um, if you started out early with your puppy at, you know, 10 weeks old, my Bernie's Mountain puppy was trying to jump. I was moving into his space. I can't have a 110 pound dog jumping on people. It's not cute at all. Your dog jumping on me or anyone else, it's not cute. It's not because they love you so much. It's them taking space. And I don't want my space taken. I don't know what that dog is. I've been scratched and scraped way too many times by dogs. And I'm sure your guests don't want to be jumped on too. Now I'm going to go into how excitement leads into other severe behavioral issues like resource guarding, whether it's with the human or resource guarding with other dogs. And then I'll talk about um, how that leads to leash reactivity, which we've sort of talked about before. Resource guarding with dogs happens typically like this you have a puppy you took them to a puppy class or you watch some puppy videos online and they told you to get the dog to look at you and be really excited about food and it was all about praise and excitement and affection and treats and the dog is just really excitable about every little thing because nobody actually conditioned the dog to be calm they were all focused on those physical commands that we were teaching and what happens is when your dog's in an excited state, they're going to go into explore mode. And for puppies, explore means putting shit in its mouth. And when they start putting stuff in its mouth, you're like, oh crap, can't have my puppy swallowing this stick or this uh, chicken bone or whatever else is on the ground, this napkin. And you start ripping the napkin and or whatever it is, etc., out of the dog's mouth. And then they're like, hmm, I know the pattern here. I'm going to get excited. I'm going to put something in my mouth, their hand is going to approach and they're going to take it out of my mouth. So your dog gets better, faster, you know, quicker, more efficient at keeping whatever they have in their mouth, which is really not fun for you because then you can't take anything out of your dog's mouth. They don't want to out it. They don't want to drop it out of their mouth because they've learned that when you approach, it's a negative thing. So excitement is the reason for that. That's where it all stemmed. If your dog wasn't in an excited state, they're not going to be in explore mode. But on top of that, they're not going to be as intense about whatever they're resourcing. So I understand that resource guarding is typically coming from a scarcity point of view or they're like, I have to keep this because I know mom and dad are going to rip it out of my mouth. But all of that started with excitement. If you have a dog who's calm, your dog is not resource guarding. Your dog is not aggressive. Your dog is not barking, whining, freaking out, pulling, reacting. Your dog is calm. So if all you focused on, if that's all you did, you would have a very well-behaved dog. How do I know this? Because my colleagues and I practice this every single day. A lot of us, when we first started, didn't teach commands at all. Um, 
we, you know, we didn't teach sit or leave it or anything. We just taught our dogs to be relaxed about stuff. And um, they were just well behaved. You know what I mean? I never had to teach my dog heel um, or the verbal command heel and have her walk next to me or behind me. I just focused on slowing her down in every single situation. So she was naturally more neutral or relaxed about the environment, other dogs, other stimuli, stimuli, any of that stuff. So you can create resource guarding because your dog is excited and intense about something. I'll bring up a story. One of my clients I did a day training with, her dog started reacting and getting aggressive with other dogs at the dog park over a ball because she practiced really, really intense, excited state of mind around other dogs and around this ball. So in order to fix the resource guarding, we needed to fix the association that this dog had with the food or the ball or the stick. In this case, it was a ball because it was so intense and excited and adrenalized about this ball. So it's like, I have to have this ball. Nobody else can have this ball. This is my ball. Um, So in order to address that resource guarding behavior, overall, we just need to lower this dog's excitement and intensity. And when I say intensity, I mean, it's just a like... I refer to this, it was the ball or nothing. He didn't care about anything or anyone else except for this ball. That is problematic when you can't control your dog's behavior and they get aggressive with other dogs. When you're working like high drive dogs or sport dogs, that's great. You want your dog to care about that toy and work for that toy and be really intense about it. You need that drive. For the average dog owner, you don't want to be building drive. You don't want an intense dog. You want a happy dog. You want a dog who can be excited, but not so excited to where they get to a point where they're obsessive. The obsessive piece of that is the intensity and way too much excitement the over excited dog there's the excited dog happy-go-lucky dog and then the over excited dog and the over excited dog is the dog who gets into dog fights is problematic pulling on the leash again all these behavioral issues that are listed can't settle down in new places all of that stuff so you have to address excitement you have to address how you live with your dog brianna what does that look like okay So you have a dog who pulls on the leash, right? We're going to break it down. Number one, you need to have the right tool and technique and energy. You need to make sure you're feeling calm and confident. You grab the leash, your dog gets excited. You're going to hang on to that leash and then you're just going to scroll through your phone on Instagram, watch a couple of my videos, and then you're going to wait till your dog settles down. Wherever they settle down, you get up, you go and leash them. And you're like, okay, but my dog got re-excited when I went to leash him. Fine. Stop again. Watch a couple more of my videos, then leash your dog. You open the door, your dog gets excited again, and you're going to do that process over and over again. If you're like, well, if I did that, my dog would never get out the door. In that case, if you don't feel like waiting there, then you're going to have to do a lot more work on the outside. And I don't care which one you do, if you want to put your dog to work right when you get outside, or if you want to be a little bit more patient and wait on the inside, neither one of those routes are wrong. We just want to make sure we're getting the result, which is a dog who is relaxed and a human who's relevant to the dog. So, Once you open the door, if your dog rushes through the door, you're going to go outside and come back in. And then you open the door, your dog rushes out again. Guess what? You're going to go outside and you're come back in. And you are going to make sure that when you go through that front door, your dog is physically slow, slowly going through that door. If you um, do this exercise and they're excited, you're going to do it as many times as you need. You need to set a pattern that we do not move forward into this new exciting world, which is the outside, until you're calmed down. That's it. 
Or if you want to do it this way, go ahead, take your dog outside. They're a little bit too excited, too pushy. Do some leash drills. Do some boxes. Do some back and forth. Do some figure eights. There's some videos on that on my Instagram and YouTube channel. And once the dog's a little bit more calm, take them back inside. Keep the leash on them. Try the door exercise again. You need to condition your dog to understand this is the pattern of how you get what you want. You want food, you want affection, you want toy, you want to get to go outside and play with your friends. You've got to be a little bit more relaxed and respectful first. All your dog is looking for is a consistent pattern. Because right now, the consistent pattern is mom and dad's pretty tired after work. They don't really feel like waiting. They let me rush through the door and then they're kind of frustrated on the walk because I'm pulling everywhere and I'm kind of reacting to things and I'm trying to get towards my friends. You have to change your own behavior and your own pattern with yourself and your dog in order for their behavior to change. So it will always go back to slow things down. What it looks like for feeding, if your dog uses a slow feeder, what I have found is that slow feeders physically slow the dog down but mentally speed them up. So my recommendation is always this. Put your dog's food in in a normal bowl. You're going to prepare it. And they're going to be excited. They're going to be waiting right next to you. You're just going to put that bowl on the counter and then you're going to sit down and then you're going to watch some of my videos again or someone else's videos that are on my YouTube channel. And you're going to wait until your dog calms down. Wherever they decide to lay down or sit down, you're going to get up and you're going to bring the food to them. They have to learn that by being relaxed, food will come to them. You don't come to food right now. You don't get to be excited and pushy about food. That's not what happens. Food will come to you when you decide to relax. That is one small way of teaching your dog to understand that in order to get food, you should be more calm and not alert, excited, none of that stuff. Again, this these goals will look different if you have a high drive dog that you're training. You want that intensity. For the average dog owner, the average pet dog owner, we do not want that intensity. We're depleting drive. We want our dogs to be neutral, calm, because a neutral dog is a dog that you can take anywhere, is a dog that you can take to a restaurant and they're not going to care if another dog passes by. It's not a dog who cares whether um, somebody drops some food on the ground and they're going to go towards it. You're just conditioning your dog to be neutral about things. And that doesn't mean you can never get your dog to be excited, but you have no business getting your dog excited when you can't turn it off. Don't turn them on if you can't turn it off. That's the problem that most owners has that they want to rough house and they want to play and they want to do all this for their dog. And then they get them really excited and then they're like, well, how do I get them to recall to me? And I'm like, you need to create an off switch first. Get the calmness first so that way you can get control of the excitement when um, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for you because your dog's not naturally just going to be listening to your verbal commands when they're in a really excited state. So let's talk about nipping. I'm going to talk about nipping when the dog is not a puppy anymore, just excited nipping and mouthiness. And then I can also talk about what to do with your puppy. Puppy meaning like three months and younger, a puppy who's like nipping and biting. When your full-grown dog is being mouthy with you, um, I that's not something that I tolerate. I'm going to correct that dog. I'm going to put a leash on that dog and I'm going to physically give them a leash pop and tell them no for getting mouthy. But more importantly, I want to understand why that dog's being mouthy. More often than not, that dog is being understimulated in in one way, shape, or form and we haven't really taught it or given it an outlet for the excitement 
and energy that it has. So I want to make sure that you're giving your dog enough structured exercise and playtime outside of you just correcting it for being mouthy. This really is super dependent on your dog's age and activity level or energy level. I can't give you a baseline um, of, well, this is exactly what you should be doing every day. But at minimum, I would say for my average client, there should be an hour of exercise per day. Uh, That will get rid of like 99% of problems that people have with their dog. They're just really understimulated and they need that. So when you want to deal with nipping, we're going to make sure we have enough structured exercise throughout the day. We're reinforcing calmness at every turn. And then we're going to keep a leash on our dogs. And during moments when they get mouthy, you're going to tell them no and then you're going to correct them. Um, Or you can teach them the leave it command, which I have a video on that. And that can help with them getting mouthy too. So leave it will include rewards. You leave that thing alone, my hand in this situation, food happens. That's a good and positive thing. So that's how you deal with like the mouthiness and nippiness. When if it's when people are coming in the house, you need to keep your dog on leash and you need to teach them place. This is an area that they should be going when guests come over. Instead of just telling your dog, no, you shouldn't do this, we should be conditioning to something that we want them to do, an alternative behavior. No, you can't uh, go nip that person's hands because you're excited. Here's what you can do. You can go hang out on place, and that's where you're going to get a Kong or a bone or some treats. You'll get affection when you're on place, but you're not going to get attention when you're getting mouthy with someone. Um, The argument is often made that even by telling the dog no when they're being mouthy, that's giving them attention. I don't know what type of nose you're giving your dog, but there is not a dog in the world that I'm dealing with who is like, oh, cool, Brianna's saying no to me. I'm very firm. I'm very assertive about it because that's how you have to be. You do not need to yell or get aggressive. You just need to be very matter of fact, knock it off. Just like that. No. Um, people who struggle with saying no to their dogs are just people who are uncomfortable with boundaries. And that's not something that I can fix in dog training. That's what therapy is for. So you have to get comfortable with boundaries in your normal life, even outside of dog training, because your dog doesn't care that you don't like saying no. Um, dogs only tell each other no. They're not giving each other yeses. That's how they learn. And I'm not saying that as we as human beings in our relationship that we shouldn't be giving our dog yeses. There should be way more yeses than nos. But there does come a time when a dog's behavior can get dangerous because the mouthiness turns into nipping, turns into biting. I see it every single day when I'm working with a client who has a human aggressive dog. Because that mouthiness just becomes a habit and nobody addresses it and the excitement builds and builds and builds. And then one day somebody moves the wrong way and the dog who's used to using its mouth to control movement um, decides to use its mouth to control that movement of someone moving around. So you have to address that pretty quickly and pretty early on. When it comes to puppies, my approach is much different. Dog Puppies are naturally going to teeth. I'm not full-blown going into correcting a puppy because that's a very natural behavior. With that said, puppies who are nipping way too often are typically overstimulated, not understimulated. You have them out of the crate for way too long and they need to go for a nap. It's like a toddler who's just thrown a fit and you're like, yeah, it's nap time for you, buddy. When it comes to puppies, your time outside of the crate um, should be very limited. It should be all about some play and some training and then back in the crate. Maybe doing like, um, I would say 40 minutes to an hour at a time outside of the crate, doing a little walk, doing a little play time, and then putting them back in the crate. When they start to get overly mouthy, it's time for a nap. Now, as they get a little bit older, 
oftentimes people will say to redirect your dog to a toy. I would say that's true when the puppy is teething, but you redirecting them doesn't teach them not to bite or mouth you. You're just redirecting them. So there will come a time where a puppy is getting a little bit too mouthy. Some people say to yelp really loudly. That can help. Sometimes I will push my thumb on the puppy's tongue a little bit down until they release my hand. And this isn't when they're like eight, nine, ten weeks old. This is getting a little bit older than that when they need to learn bite inhibition. Because if they were biting too roughly or too hard with other puppies, the other puppies are going to let them know that that's uncomfortable. You should never be harsh. You should never be hitting or smacking your puppy or dog for that matter. But there does come a time where you have to say, okay, I can't, you know, put put a little bit of pressure on them and say, okay, that's not what I need you to be doing right now. And then after you disagree with them nipping, then you can redirect them to a toy. But more often than not, when I see a puppy who is mouthing and nipping too much, they are just over threshold. Puppies need way more downtime than most owners think. They get this puppy, they leave him out of the crate all day, and they are just spastic psychopaths because they need a lot more sleep. They need like 18 to 20 hours of sleep per day, and the client has them out of the crate for a majority of the day. It's never going to work out well for you. You're not going to talk to any dog trainer who's getting an 8, 9, 10-week-old puppy who has that dog out for more than a couple of hours a day. just doesn't happen unless they're teaching um, like a, a guide dog. But even then, there's a lot of resting period and there's also a lot of structured walks for that dog just to physically tire them out so they're not up. So they're still resting. They're just resting out of the crate in a structured way. I hope that answered most of the questions when it's dealing with the excited dog. To summarize all the points that I talked about today, you need to slow everything down. Physically slow your dog down. Physically slow them down from running upstairs, running downstairs, running out of the crate, running out of the front door, running up to people. Slow them down even when you get home so they're not rushing up to you. Condition your dog to understand that the only thing, the I'm sorry, the only way they get what they want is when they're relaxed. That's how you're going to get a really well-behaved dog. Thank you for listening. Check back next week for a new episode. Follow me on TikTok and Instagram at PackLeaderHelp or my website, PackLeaderHelp.com. Have a great week, guys.